0: Happy Saturday, everybody. Somebody recently shared a post on our Facebook page as a suggestion for an episode of the show. I went back to try to find that post so I could thank that person by name. I could not find it, but it was a post about Native American women in the field of ballet. So with that suggestion in mind, we are going back to our previous episode on Maria (sighs) Tallchief.
1: So good. Uh, She was amazing. This originally came out almost exactly five years ago on November 3rd of 2014. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Holly Fry And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And today's topic was actually suggested by... Tracy, (laughs) she has been looking for more Native American topics because she wanted to work on something uh, in that arena, and she came across this one, but then she asked me if I would like to do the research on it because it involves ballet, and my answer was, of course, We, Uh, uh, and this is a person that I have long admired. So the woman that we're focusing on today is often referred to as a trailblazer because she was a Native American who became the prima ballerina for the New York City Ballet, But she was a trailblazer, period. Even if you discount her Native American heritage, not that you should. But because she was the first prima ballerina ever at the New York City Ballet, and she's often considered America's first prima ballerina, she really set the bar for everyone who came after her, and she set it extremely high. She was really a role model for artists from all backgrounds to strive for excellence. And no matter, you know, what your upbringing or cultural heritage... She was just an amazing beacon of artistry and brilliance and creativity. And she is considered, as I said, to be the first grand ballerina of the United States.
0: So we are talking today about Maria Tallchief. So her birth name was Elizabeth Marie Tallchief, and that was originally two words. She was born to Alexander Joseph Tallchief and Ruth Tallchief, whose uh, maiden name was Porter, on January 24th, 1925 in Fairfax, Oklahoma. She was named after her two grandmothers, Eliza Tallchief on her father's side and Marie Porter on her mother's side. Uh, And Marie had been actually named after Marie Antoinette.
1: And for geographical reference, uh, Fairfax, this is especially good for people outside the U.S., is about 60 miles northwest of Tulsa. So it's really sort of smack dab in the middle of the continental United States.
0: Her father was a member of the Osage Nation, and he was full-blooded Osage. Her mother, Ruth, was Scots-Irish. This family was well-off, thanks to Osage lands being really oil-rich. Her father wisely invested in real estate, and when recalling her youth in Osage, Maria said that it felt like her father owned the town.
1: He did own some pretty prominent aspects of it. Like, he had the movie theater, uh, he owned a lot of uh, buildings around the, the town, he really, you know, as we said, he invested in real estate and was pretty smart about buying land. Uh, But he unfortunately also had a drinking problem. And while according to Tall Chief, her father was never physically violent with her mother, the pair would argue when he drank. Uh, Sometimes they would argue about money because even though he did very well, he sort of, it went out the door as fast as it came in. Uh, And he would sometimes go on drinking bitches when these big checks from the the oil royalties came. And according to uh, Maria, When she was very young and he would fly into these rages, they were really incredibly scary. He was a large man, and it was just frightening to be around somebody that big and angry.
0: Ruth wanted Betty Marie, which is what the family called Maria, and her sister Marjorie to be educated in the arts. Visiting teachers would give them lessons in music and dancing, and when they were at their vacation home in Colorado Springs, they took lessons there as well.
1: And in Maria's autobiography, she recalls that her first ballet class, uh, when she was barely more than a toddler, was in a hotel in Colorado Springs. She was uh, about three years old. Sometimes you'll see it told as four, but in her autobiography, she says three. And she says, what I remember most is that the ballet teacher told me to stand straight and turn each of my feet out to the side, the first position. I couldn't believe it, but I did what I was told.
0: She studied music as well as dance, and she had perfect pitch. Ruth's dream for both of the daughters was that they would be musical dancing stars, but a career as a pianist for Betty Marie was also something that she considered. Uh, And Maria
1: first danced on point at the very tender age of five. And anyone listening to this who has studied ballet uh, is probably cringing because they know this is far too early for a child to wear point shoes. The bones of the feet are still growing, and they're not really strong enough for this, and the musculature of the foot is not ready to support the body on tiptoe in this way. Uh, It's a really bad decision. And later teachers would be deeply dismayed by this early foray into point shoes.
0: As a child, Betty Marie would accompany her grandmother, Tall Chief, to powwows. And she was really entranced by the dancing and the songs that told the tribe's history. And her autobiography, which was written in the 1990s with Larry Kaplan, she said, The rhythm of those songs has stayed with me.
1: Uh, Betty Marie was also incredibly smart, even from a very early age. And when she was enrolled in school at age five, It was not long before the teachers decided they had to move her two grades ahead just to keep her challenged, which to me sounds crazy, like to move a five-year-old into a class with seven-year-olds is a really big gap at that age, but
0: there it was. When she was just eight years old, the family moved to Los Angeles, California. Ruth still wanted the girls to have every opportunity to be stars, and there was some confusion about what grade Betty Marie should be in. Uh, Two grades ahead, for reasons we just talked about, didn't really sit well with the new school. She was placed instead in what was called Opportunity Class, which was similar to a modern-day gifted program.
1: Yeah, and she still talked in her autobiography about how she was still pretty bored. (laughs) They kind of couldn't keep her occupied enough. Uh, But she also studied uh, in Los Angeles under well-known Hollywood dancer, teacher, and choreographer Ernest Belcher. And this was really a lucky happenstance. Uh, Belcher had actually been recommended to Ruth Tallchief by a druggist when she just kind of inquired offhandedly about dance teachers in Los Angeles.
0: Belcher taught Betty Marie and her sister a variety of different dance styles over the years. There was ballet, tap, acrobatics, Spanish dance, and they even had to learn to play castanets.
1: Yeah, and by all accounts, uh, Maria was extremely uh, proficient in castanets. Uh, Belcher, as I suggested earlier, was horrified that their dance teacher in Oklahoma had put the girls on point at such a young age, and he basically started their ballet training over entirely from scratch. He made it very clear that they had been really lucky they had not been injured by the carelessness of their previous teacher.
0: As the girls were studying under Belcher, their mother was really eager to get them performing. Ruth booked the girls at Eastern Star Lodges and county fairs doing uh, Native American dance. And we have to kind of use air quotes there because this was a really theatrical production uh, rather than an authentic dance. Uh, Both of the girls were really self-conscious about the whole thing. And when they finally outgrew their costumes, they were really happy about it because they got to give the whole thing up.
1: Yeah, when she talks about it in her autobiography, you can tell it just, the whole thing was horrible and uncomfortable and awkward. Uh, and b- before we get to the next stage of her her education, uh, do you want to take a quick word from a
0: sponsor? Let's do.
1: So going back to Maria Talchi, uh, at the age of 12, Tall chief and her sister switched dance schools. Uh, her mother just sort of switched them over without really consulting uh, Ernest Belcher, and they became students of Bronislava Nijinska, uh, who was the sister of famed dancer and teacher Vaslav Nijinsky. And when she first entered the studio and saw this round, gray-haired woman who was counting pupils, <laughs> Maria actually thought it was the school secretary, but it was in fact her new, um, very prestigious ballet teacher.
0: She would later describe Ninjinska as, uh, kind, but also intense. The Russian woman was a graduate of the Imperial Theater School in St. Petersburg. She didn't speak a lot of English, and her husband would translate awkwardly with directions that were align- along the lines of, you are like spaghetti, you must pull, pull.
1: <laughs> Just clear as bell, right? But uh, apparently it really was pretty clear, uh... To the students what they were getting at, and it was under Madame Najinska that tall Chief realized how hard she was really going to have to work if she wanted to pursue a career in dance. She was being taught and to really just think about dance constantly and live the life of a dancer at all times, not just during class but you know, when walking down the street to carry herself you know, in proper alignment when she was waiting for a bus. Like, basically, she was being taught about the importance and the rigor of and precision of the art. But none of this deterred her in the least. It actually only served to make her more and more certain that dance was her true path in life.
0: When she was 15 in 1940, she made her debut. She danced at the Hollywood Bowl in Chopin Concerto, along with none other than Sid Charisse. It wasn't perfect. A tall Chief actually fell during the performance, although her teacher seemed unconcerned and reassured her that these kinds of things happen to everyone.
1: Yeah, Maria was horrified, of course. Anybody that's ever performed when you have a huge gaffe like that, it's really unsettling and you feel very self-conscious and upset, but her teacher didn't seem really bothered by it at all. Uh, and while she was studying under Madame Najinska. Betty Marie was really exposed to a great number of fantastic dancers who would visit the studio to take classes when they were on tour and it brought them through town. And she actually really caught the eye of several as a very promising performer.
0: Yugoslavian ballerina Mia Slavenska had seen such potential in the young dancer that she arranged for Sergei Denham, who was the director of the Ballet Russe, to audition her when he was in town. While he never actually spoke to Tall Chief, he told her mother that she was a good dancer and that he'd like to see her again when uh, she was done with high school.
1: Uh, Betty Marie, which is what she was still going by at the time, had been planning to attend college, but her father actually kind of put the brakes on that plan. He thought she should be using all of that training that they had been paying for all of these years to actually seek out a job in dance. Uh, And so she auditioned for and was cast in the film presenting Lily Mars* which I believe was an MGM picture, as an extra. Uh, and Judy Garland starred in that picture. And so getting to see Judy Garland work really delighted Tall Chief. And it made her father very happy and proud that she was attached to this p- picture with a big name in it.
0: But once the film wrapped, she had to find something else to do. So she remembered her audition, in which Sergey Dunham had said that she was talented. So she called him up to express her interest in working with Ballet Russe.
1: Uh, that probably did not play out initially as she had hoped. The Ballet Russe director uh, could not quite conjure the memory of Chalchi from her audition. He's like, I, I don't actually remember you. Uh, however, her timing was really impeccable because he was having some staff problems. Uh, his troupe was scheduled to begin a tour of Canada, but many of the members of his company were kind of caught in the politics uh, following... Uh, it caught in the politics of the war, so this is around World War II, and they found themselves unable to get passports. Uh, a lot of them were from Russia, and they were here in the U.S., and there were some paperwork issues around the whole thing. And he was quite desperate, so he let Tall Chief audition for him once again. She went out to New York and auditioned. And this time, she was asked to join the tour as a member of the Corps de Ballet.
0: She was really more than happy to endure all the rigors of life on the road which she was doing basically alone and as a 17-year-old. She later encouraged her students to learn from her experience and seek out opportunities. She extolled the virtues of just being in the right place at the right at the right time and willing to work as hard as you could when good fortune found you.
1: And this is also when she switched over from being Betty Marie to taking the name Maria Tallchief. And she had actually been urged by a number of people. Uh, You'll see different names attached to sort of the person that's credited with it, uh, to take a Russian stage name. And this was quite popular among American dancers at the time. It sort of was believed to give them a certain level of clout. Uh, But she refused. She really wanted to maintain her Osage heritage. And her last name, as uh, Tracy mentioned earlier, had been the words tall and chief separately, but people found it confusing. So she had actually ditched the space between them back in school in California.
0: Yeah, she had talked about her school years, saying some of the students made fun of my last name, pretending they didn't understand if it was tall or chief. A few made war whoops whenever they saw me and asked why I didn't wear feathers or if my father took scalps. After a while, they be- became accustomed to me, but experience was, but the experience was painful. Eventually, I turned the spelling of my last name into one word. Everything in school was in strict alphabetical order, and I wanted to avoid confusion.
1: She did eventually take the first name Maria to sort of placate friends and professional advisors. It was kind of a, a good compromise she was willing to live with because they were still continuing to encourage her to shift Talchief into Talchiva to sound more Russian.
0: She'd been dancing with Ballet Russe for two years, when in 1944, Russian choreographer George Balanchine joined the troupe while they were working as the dance ensemble for the Broadway show Song of Norway. And this meeting would prove to be pivotal, both artistically and personally, for Tallchief. Balanchine is often considered to be the creator of American style ballet, and a lot of that was in collaboration with her. And when she described her
1: uh, reaction when first working with Balanchine in an interview that she did later in her life, she said, this is how she described her inner monologue. I am seeing music. This is it. I was a musician myself, and I thought, I am in my place now. I knew that that's the way I wanted to dance.
0: Another time, Tallchief said of the legendary choreographer, I never really understood until Balanchine what ballet was all about.
1: And on August 16th of 1946, she and Balanchine married. She was 21 at the time, and he was 42. And you might think that a marriage between two famed artists would be all fire and passion, but Tallchief never really described it that way. In fact, when Balanchine proposed, it seemed quite sudden to her, and she told him she didn't even know she loved him. And he said that was okay, <laughs> but the next day she accepted. And when she spoke of their marriage uh, outside of dance, it sounded pleasant but really quite tame. There has even been some speculation that it really was not a particularly romantic uh, coupling.
0: Their passion was really in their work. Dancing with him really changed and refined Tall Chief as a dancer. She became leaner and stronger and really keenly aware of how every mechanism of her body had to work to perform his intense choreography. So when describing this period of artistic growth, she said, quote, what did I learn? I learned to turn out, how to point my toes properly, where I belonged, where to place my body, what muscles had to be developed, every one. Otherwise, there was no way I was going to dance his ballets.
1: And soon after their marriage, uh, the duo actually left Ballet Russe, they waited for her contract to be up, and then they traveled to France, where Tallchief performed with the Paris Opera Ballet in 1947. That made her the first American dancer to do so. Although, just as a side note, her sister Marjorie did eventually become, like, a a, a regular soloist with the Paris Opera Ballet, uh, and was with them for many years. Balanchine, for his part, really loved France, and he actually might have wanted to stay there more or less permanently under different conditions.
0: But the Paris Opera was really rife with problems at the time. There was a post-war decline, and the opera's previous director had actually been ousted for collaborating with the Nazis. The stage conditions were poor. It became really apparent that Balanchine and his new bride were somehow expected to save this whole operation.
1: And in fact, they were actually pretty successful in that regard. Uh, The critics had been pretty divided before any of the performances happened. They seemed, some of them seemed really leery about this unknown American. Uh, But once she debuted there, they universally praised Tall Chief's dancing and her work with Balanchine. And in many ways, this really reinvigorated interest and faith in the opera house and its work.
0: It wasn't long before the newlyweds returned to North America, which we'll talk more about after another brief word from a sponsor.
1: In the late 1940s, after they had returned to the U.S., Tall Chief was named as the New York City Ballet's first prima ballerina when the company was founded by Balanchine and arts patron Lincoln Kirstein.
0: During her time collaborating with him, she danced many of her most famous roles, including in the first year of the New York City Ballet, The Firebird, which wowed audiences and earned acclaim for both dancer and choreographer. She also performed Eurydice and Orpheus with Balanchine's choreography, and that really cemented the role of the New York City Ballet as part of the New York cultural scene.
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, I if you ever want to see, there's some great footage of her performing Firebird uh, that we'll include a link to in the show notes. It's She was so amazing because she just had such strength and such grace. She was tallish, uh, really just a beautiful, breathtaking dancer. And it's no secret that Balanchine had many muses who he became both romantically and professionally linked to over his lifetime, and Maria did not stay his love for terribly long.
0: They wound up separating in 1951, and they officially dissolved the marriage in 1952, but they kept collaborating creatively after that. But as Balanchine moved from muse to muse, often developing both the dancer and his choreography style in tandem, Maria took opportunities elsewhere. She would return to her home company and his uh, choreography over and over, but she did dance other places as well
1: it was really a whirlwind time for Tall Chief. Her fame and her skill kept her in demand all over the world. Uh, in 1952, she did another film role. She played the role of uh, fame dancer Anna Pavlova in the Esther Williams movie Million Dollar Mermaid. Uh, she went back and starred in the sh- as the Sugar Plum Fairy in Balanchine's original production of The Nutcracker in 1954. She performed at the American Ballet Theater. She partnered with the most well-known dancers of the time, including Andrei Oglevsky, Eric Brun, and Rudolf Nureyev. And she was actually romantically linked to several of the, the dancers that she partnered with, although only briefly in each case.
0: Back home, June 29, 1953, was declared Maria Tal Chief Day by the Oklahoma legislature, and the Osage tribe bestowed the title of princess upon her.
1: Uh, not long after she and Balanchine had broken up, Tallchief married Elmurza Natirbov who was a pilot, uh, but that union did not last, and they were actually divorced uh, two years later in 1954. And the following year, she met her third husband, Henry D. Buzz Passion Jr., And Passion was from a Chicago construction family and completely outside the art world. Uh, And it's, she's often quoted as saying this, and it's such a sort of charming quote, which is why I think it's so popular. But she describes him by saying, he was very happy, outgoing, and knew nothing about ballet. Very refreshing.
0: The two of them (laughs) honeymooned all over Europe, but it was basically a working vacation for Tall Chief, who was on tour at the time.
1: Uh, In 1959, the couple welcomed a daughter, Elise, and Maria took time off from her dancing. But once her maternity leave ended, she was really happy to return to the stage for several more years. As the 1960s went on, Balanchine had really shifted his obsession as a choreographer to dancer Suzanne Farrell, who was 20 years younger than Tall Chief. Her style was much more um, sort of ethereal and lyrical, whereas Tall Chief's had been very fluid and very strong. he was just kind of shifting gears in terms of what he wanted to do. So he and Talchief kind of weren't having the same creative relationship that they had had for a while.
0: Talchief's final performance was Romeo and Juliet, which she danced as part of the Bell Telephone Hour on television. She was ready to retire from performing after this, but not so much from the whole world of dance. At Balanchine's urging, she
1: actually took on the job of heading up Germany's Hamburg Ballet, but she did not stay there for very long. At this point, her daughter Elise was five, she was about to start school, and her husband Buzz was still working in Chicago. It was a family business, he couldn't really just pick up and relocate. So Maria decided that it was really in the family's best interest for her to return to the United States.
0: She transitioned from dancing to teaching, and she was appointed the artistic director for the Lyric Opera Ballet of Chicago. She also founded
1: the Chicago City Ballet, and she served as its artistic director for seven years until it shut its doors.
0: 1996 was a year of honors for her. She was honored by the Kennedy Center for her contributions to the arts in the United States, and she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. 1999 was a mixed
1: bag. Uh, She received the National Medal of Arts by the U.S. government, which is basically the highest honor that uh, an artist can receive. But it was also challenging for the famed dancer because her husband, Buzz, was charged with tax evasion, and he was eventually sentenced to two years in prison. But throughout it all, she remained steadfast. She stayed by his side.
0: Her husband, Buzz, died in 2004. And
1: then nine years after that, uh, after suffering a broken hip and some other issues, Maria died on April 11th, uh, 2013, so just last year, in Chicago, Illinois, at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. She was 88.
0: And to close out, Holly wanted to finish with a few quotes from people in Maria's life. In the
1: words of one of her protégés, Kenneth von Heidecke, who was the founder of the Chicago Festival Ballet, She would teach classical ballet not just technically, but she would go beyond that and tell you how the laws of physics help you achieve great elevation and great velocity.
0: Her daughter, Elise, was a poet and wrote, Her dynamic presence lit up the room. I will miss her passion, commitment to her art, and devotion to her family. She raised the bar high and strove for excellence in everything she did.
1: And choreographer Jacques D'Amboise, who had been a junior dancer at the age of 15 with the New York City Ballet, when Tallchief danced her famed Firebird role, said of the ballerina, When you thought of Russian ballet, it was Ulanova. With English ballet, it was Fontaine. For American ballet, it was Tallchief. She was grand in the grandest way. I thought you might like doing this one. I, I did and I get so choked up over the stuff people said about her because
0: Yeah. I was amazing. I was basically I've been, you know, I, I pretty much am trying to to at least get ideas for episodes a couple of weeks ahead of when I research them. Uh, and I had been sort of poking around looking for something that was related to a Native American person or or Native American history. And this was basically something I stumbled across and immediately thought, Holly.
1: Well, and there's an additional story that we could possibly explore at some point in the future, kind of related, well, very much related to her. Uh, There were five kind of prominent dancers that came out of Native America around the same time her sister is included in that group. And for some reason, they just really all sort of prospered in the arts world and did some really amazing and incredible and noteworthy things. So she is probably the most famous of them. But I if you have, you know, a half hour or more to kill, it, Google her and look at videos of her online. She was so well-spoken and just the epitome of elegance and grace and wit. Uh, you know, she s- spoke of George Balanchine throughout their life, even after their failed marriage, with such fondness. And she clearly so respected him as an artist. And I just, I could watch footage of her all day long because she was really amazing. <laughs>